Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Focus on Albany. My guest today is my friend, my good friend, and my editor, um, Blaze Bryan. And Blaze is going to talk about coping with the coronavirus because Blaze is blind, totally blind. So, Blaze, you must have some um, mental, emotional situations that sighted people don't have. Um, so, can you explain? Can you explain what they are and how you're coping? Because this is this. Is- yeah, I I am Cynthia. It's great to be here and. I am just giving you the heads up that for some reason on your end, the line is uh, really, really choppy. However, my years of deciphering a Morse code are coming in handy. I'm kidding. But I really think in this time, my challenge, everyone's challenge is, and everyone's lives are equally being disrupted. We are all in the very equal position of figuring out what a new normal, or I should say a temporary normal, is. Now, to your question, I do have a seeing-eye dog, and his name is Flash, getting out of the house certainly has uh, been a challenge because a couple of things, the weather and social distancing. We thankfully were able Mm -hmm. to take a walk. Those are very important because both of us, frankly, were getting bored. I was getting into a sort of a negative headspace because of it, which, I mean, let's face it, it's easy to do. I also want to say Mm -hmm. that it is important to acknowledge your feelings, both good and bad, because Mm -hmm. how do you learn? It is so important during this time to, because it gives you, you, you have a lot of time to reflect on yourself and Check yourself. I encourage people to do that as as much as they can. What what uh, life altering uh, situation has impacted you the most? People have a whole new mindset, and the coping with it has happened so quickly. So for you, what was the most jarring thing that you have had to deal with over the past couple of weeks? I don't think that I've necessarily had to do anything quote-unquote jarring. However, question is more about sacrifice here. And the biggest sacrifice that I'm making, one that was not a difficult decision for me to make, is to be able to work from home and not utilize public Mm -hmm. transportation because as 
we all know, public transportation just by its nature is not the cleanest thing in the world. And if I can do my part to flatten the curve, minimize the spread, I will do that eight days a week. I've been doing that now Mm -hmm. for about a week and a half, that meaning not utilizing public transportation because of that. Now, I will add that you know the the people who are the bus drivers here or whether you're a subway driver in a major city or no matter what these people the people that are facilitating all the transportation efforts they could not possibly be thanked enough because they are having to do I mean, their their lives are altered, too. A friend of mine was telling me that the buses are practically empty, which you never see. So it is kind mm-hmm. of an eeriness for the drivers, I would imagine. They still have to drive those buses, do their job, mm-hmm. because they are essential. So that, right. to me, is the biggest sacrifice and one that I think is uh, the right one to make. And it is important that we all do our part to make the sacrifices that we feel we can afford to make. Now you, you have a, a seen eye dog. And, of course, animals don't really comprehend what's going on as far as, like, listening to the news and stuff. Have you noticed any behavioral changes in Flash? Cynthia, that's a very, very, very good question. Flash doesn't know what coronavirus is. However, he knows that okay, we're having to adapt to a temporary normal. That temporary normal meaning we're not leaving the house as much. I mean, Mm -hmm. just like with any dog or any animal, they, they get bored. Now, luckily, I'm in the unique position that Flash is a little bit older. He's seven if I had a seeing eye dog that was a puppy in the 18 months to three year old range, that's that, that'd really be tough. And kudos to my fellow guide dog handlers, no matter where you are, for having to deal with that because there's so much puppy energy that they have. And there's only so much that could be taken out in the house. So I'm glad that Flash is the age that he is and that we could go a day or two without having to do work and being able to, you know, whether it's taking a walk around the park or around the neighborhood, that's okay to do once in a while. Now, have you been... Uh, able to get 
all your necessities, food and toilet paper and stuff that you need to survive on a day-to-day basis. Has that Absolutely. been a little more difficult for you? Okay. Honestly, that, okay. that part of it, that part of it really hasn't changed too much because, well, okay. luckily for me, luckily for me, paper before the need for it became so amplified that it could only be handled by a massive speaker system. <laughs> One of those, I think, I think the need for, for toilet paper and paper products in general has been amplified to the point where it's even a stretch for the sound system of a movie theater to handle, frankly, which is disgusting. Mm-hmm. Absolutely disgusting. You take what mm-hmm. you absolutely need and you leave the rest. I mean, it has become the way people have treated this virus, Cynthia, frankly, has become Darwinistic. Survival of the fittest, especially in the grocery store, mm-hmm. because people are hoarding and getting what you need is difficult. Luckily, I have not really had to encounter that problem. I certainly know people who have, and I really feel for them. I am even in the position of you know, being able to sustain this for a while, which, again, it was not done intentionally it was just the way the the timing worked the amazon subscribe and save is my best friend and if you don't use it i would recommend anyone uh do that because you may have albeit not much better luck but certainly uh better luck than what you're seeing on the grocery store shelves you know the the uh the phrase everybody's using right now is social distancing. And you take the bus along with Flash. So when you get on the bus, how do you ensure that you're not anywhere near or like at six? To go back to my previous question, that's why I'm not. Because okay. I don't know who's on that bus. Uh, I don't know what that person may have if they're going to cough continuously or whatnot. Because the reality is if you're on a bus, mm-hmm. you're never six feet away from anyone. Uh, that's not just flash for myself, but that is anyone. So that's why in part I have made the decision or I had made the decision a week and a half ago to be able to work from home and not utilize public transportation until there's guidance out from the World Health Organization and the Center for Disease Control, which says it's okay, this curve has been flattened enough you can return to a more normal life. 
Now, what I am a little mm-hmm. concerned about is when this curve flattens and we're able to return more to a quote-unquote semblance of normalcy that's more permanent that we're just going to be like a bunch of cats in a cage, you know, that have been able to break out of the cage. And that, that concerns me. I don't think this should, once things return to a quote unquote, more permanent normalcy, change our lives all that much. But I think because of cabin fever and, everyone being strongly encouraged to be cooped up at home as much as possible. I, I am concerned about what that's going to look like once things return to more of a normalcy. Mm. Now you mentioned a good phrase a few minutes ago, uh, uh, Darwin, who it's survival of the fittest. Do you see, no matter what the handicap is, do you find that society, to their mind, that this is important? Or do you think everybody right now is thinking, okay, what's best for me and how do I achieve this? Uh, what's What's your thoughts about how we individually treating each other uh, on a societal basis? I think society as a whole has been pretty good. It's just when it comes to the need for paper products at the grocery store where there's really been a huge issue. I've seen a lot of people checking in with each other. I've been checking in with people. People have been checking in with me. All that has been great, but also, too, because this is spreading at an extremely alarming rate. I I do think that all of us, whether we have a disability or not, need to do what is in our best interest first so that we are in a position to help someone in need. Now, that to me is different Mm -hmm. than being Darwinistic. I was referring to Darwinism in regards to the need and demand for paper products or other household essentials. But in terms of how... I think society is doing, I think society is doing a pretty good job. When do you think we, we, I mean, as a whole Americans have really taken this seriously? Because I think at the very beginning, you know, there's been talk about the... uh, I think this really started to become such an amplified issue for us when the NCAA canceled their basketball tournament, March Madness, which normally we would be watching right now. 
the sporting world stopped, which is when I think we as a country decided, okay, we need to take this seriously, even though in the beginning, I think people were doing what they were doing because of the information that was being provided uh, by the very top of the federal government because in a time of crisis, we all tend to go to our leader. That's what we were taught. (laughs) That is an instinct that, frankly, I don't think will go away. One that is important, however, when the sporting world stops, you see practically empty planes, practically empty hotels. When there are less avenues for revenue, that's when things tend to stop. There's been many people refused. Uh, they've like in the restaurant industry and movie theaters and people uh, places where people go to find some entertainment or some food that they normally won't make at home. Do you think that somebody with a disability? is more hard hit than somebody who has, you know, all of their uh, senses intact. Interesting way of putting it because it comes down to this. Even if you, you can. And I think overall the answer is yes. However, there are people who may not quote-unquote have a disability who may have an underlying health condition which uh, triggers an autoimmunity and they could certainly be hit harder. I have many friends mm-hmm. who who have disabilities where they have to rely on equipment to breathe or have uh, limited diaphragmatic and lung capacities. So, yes, I I think that their susceptibility to this is higher and they need to be, and I think they are being very conscientious of that. But in reference to what you said about the restaurants, Now, this is, in my opinion, an indisputable positive that has come out of this because the coronavirus has not all been negative. Because the restaurants have had to shut down, they have had to figure out ways to survive. And those ways that they have figured out how to survive are to bring you delivery or offer takeout. You have breweries bringing you beer. You have liquor stores that weren't delivering before they're (laughs) delivering so Mm -hmm. i think and i said this to someone earlier in the week that 
it is important that these businesses and these restaurants continue to do this once things return to the new normal, or, or I shouldn't say the new normal, but the more permanent normal because mm-hmm. this has been a topic of discussion for a while, which frankly, no one was able to think of a good solution until when the coronavirus put us in a position to put our heads together. And I think that's a mm-hmm. great thing that we have as a collective become more unified. Is it sad that it takes a tragedy for that to happen? No question about it. No mm-hmm. question about it. And thank goodness for social media and modern technology, which allow us to still interact with our friends and families in spite of having to social distance. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people, people have all kinds of health problems, disabilities and stuff. So, and not everybody can stay as positive as you. So what do you say to those people who have a problem and they are not dealing with it as they as they should? What would you say to them? Well, I am a firm believer that we all need a support system to get by. And if you are struggling, reach out. I know that sounds very cliche, very predictable. However, this is why you have a support system to be there for you in a time of need. And I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily being optimistic, Cynthia. I would say that I'm just trying to be realistic and point out that this has not been all negative uh, because we all live such busy lives. This gives us this gives us time to really, you know, touch base with people we haven't talked to in a while, get things done around the house. This, again, again, as is with everything, it has everything to do with how you look at it. What helps you stay positive, whether it's taking some deep breaths or getting outside for some fresh air if you're able to, or reaching out to people, offering Mm -hmm. what can you do. Even if you can't do that much, there may be something that you can do, and you don't know that unless you ask that question. Is there anything I can do to help you out? A tremendously important question, not just now, but of course all the time. So it's, to me, just 
about utilizing our resources. And if you are struggling with resources, you know, there there is the internet or you could call two one one. If you don't have internet and try and find resources because this is a time where they certainly are extremely needed and critical. So do you think this is a life-changing thing where well, we as individuals took for granted a certain way of living? Do you think that's no longer the case? I think right now, if you tried to live your life how you were living it pre-coronavirus, the reality needs to hit you in the face and open your eyes because you can't do that right now. You just can't. Now, do I think that this is going to have an impact post-coronavirus? I don't see how it couldn't. Because of how this has impacted our lives in ways that we couldn't possibly dream of. Right. As as I have said before. Go ahead. I'm sorry. It's still unfolding. You know, the the changes in, in the way people are living their life it's still an evolving and unfolding process, don't you think? And it's going to be until this passes. Right. Because mm-hmm. we are still figuring out how we're going to be doing things. You don't just figure it out in a week or two weeks. I believe it's Habits and routines take three weeks to formulate. Good habits are hard to break, so are bad ones. Mm -hmm. We're all still figuring stuff out. And as we are trying to help people and be a resource, whether it's a year to vent to, what have you, I think it's important to realize that it does take three weeks for habits to change. You you can make mm-hmm. changes so immediately to change those habits, but the reality is it still takes those three weeks. And I just think that in a time of crisis, in a time of need, it is more important than ever to be kind. Because if we are not kind during this time, then what are we? Other than out of so, time right now. <laughs> in, our final, in our final couple of minutes, please, you also do a, a podcast. So give yourself a little plug. Sure. I do a show called the Blaze Bryant Show, B-L-A-I-S-E, Bryant, B-R-Y-A-N-T Show. 
you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. It's a, I do it every day, every weekday, Monday through Friday. I do mm-hmm. these different segments. The Monday Mind Spill is one where I just sort of recap the weekend or just say what's on my mind. I do a Tweet Tuesday where I will read tweets and uh, tweets from President Trump, and I try and do a Trump voice. Um, that's and you know, there's no political leanings behind that. It's just a fun thing to do. Wake Up mm-hmm. Wednesday is uh, where I talk about a news story. True Crime Thursday, I talk about crimes committed by or against people who are blind. And the Flash Friday is about stories of Flash and I just sort of doing our thing. And again, you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Blaze, thank you so much. It's been a joy talking to you. And, you know, I hope that our conversation has helped other people who are undergoing some uh, pretty difficult times right now. So you've been listening to Blaze Bryant. I'm Cynthia Pula. This is Focus on Albany. So if you like this show, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, download on your smartphone, subscribe to iTunes. If you have a comment about this show, hashtag Focus on Albany. Thank you, Blaze. Thank you, Flash. You have a great, great day, and I look forward to talking with you soon. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Bye.